and we are live again much love and peace and chicken grease this is the greatest voice in california the greatest voice in sacramento how you guys doing how you feeling what's going on so uh for those who are listening to me live right now through Twitter, I am well aware that it is 10 o'clock at night on the Sunday. And y'all probably don't want to hear from me right now, but you know, when the inspiration hits, the inspiration hits. So I feel like I had to get on the microphone and talk to you guys. So here we go. Shout out to JP who just joined into the live chat room. What's going on with you, JP? What's up with you? So um, for those who are aware... And I know I do have I have a lot of followers who don't live in Sacramento, who don't live in NorCal, who might not have the closest idea to what I'm about to talk about. Um, there was a shooting that happened yesterday in a fairly popular mall out here. Truly, one of the only malls you got in Sacramento uh, called Arden Fair. Two teenagers was killed. Dwayne Reed or Dwayne James. I'm, I'm getting his last name wrong, but it was Dwayne and Saquon. One was 19 years old, one was 17 years old. And I'm doing the broadcast about their deaths because I feel like there's a bigger conversation to be had about just the situation in SAC, which is what we call Sacramento, the situation in Sacramento right now, and also just shit in general, how it's going in the streets. So I see all these false non-profit organizations. I see all these, shout out to Princess Crystal what's going on. I see all these um, so-called non-profit organizations who care about the deaths and lives of our black kids running to the scenes. They're the first persons in front of the Fox and CBS news camera, uh, news cameras and microphones speaking for the family when the damn family right there. We ain't even got to get into that, but it's okay. And they're saying how this is terrible. They're going to sue them all, sue them all security team and et cetera, et cetera. And I wanted to have a larger conversation about this because I felt like, shout out to Crystal, said, hey, how are you? I'm doing well, Crystal. What's going on with you? I feel like I haven't seen you in a long time. But um, they have this whole conversation about how they're going to sue the mall, how they're going to sue the security team, and the mall was at fault for the death of these two boys. So the situation that we know from this point is two I don't, they didn't say how many it was. Just one or two dudes walked into the mall. We're looking directly. We're looking specifically for those two individuals, those two boys that were killed and shot them. The mother, the aunt, sorry, the aunt of the two boys, on the interview at the at the interview um, by one of the news stations when she was talking. She said that neither of the boys were involved in gang activity. She said they had just moved here from Louisiana. Now, me being a young man who's been young and been a teenager and been in some shit, we all know how. I have two totally different opinions about the deaths of these boys. And all of it depends on what the details tell us in the future. If these were just two boys... Just two boys in a mall who somebody who did not know them from a pea on the who did not know them from a pea or apple just walked into the mall and just saw these two boys and for whatever reason didn't even didn't even argue or whatever reason just shot them, then we need to have a bigger conversation. That's fucking stupid. If the if these if these boys were into some shit. I know the auntie, I heard the auntie, and I heard, I think her mother, their mother spoke to, say that they were not involved in gang activity, they had just moved in from Louisiana two years ago, but with that being said, we all know how sometimes, how 
unaware our elders can be when it comes to our recreational activities when they're not there. You know, is you know, mother, you guys are moms, aunties, y'all be at work all day. Sometimes you just don't know what's going on out there. I look at it a little bit different. I saw one dude say that on their Instagrams or something, they were seen with photos of guns and playing with sticks and talking about they was whoop whoop whoop. I haven't seen those pictures yet. I haven't seen those videos yet. But if they were in the... Sh- it's just, to me, the woman who spoke for the nonprofit organization that I saw speaking in front of the mall the other day, she was talking about she wanted to sue the mall. She wanted to sue the security team and everything, et cetera, et cetera, and try to get money. First off, I ain't going to no goddamn mall where y'all going to have to put a metal detector and search me when I walk in. We're not doing that. That's just for me. Second thing is, I don't, it's, we don't want to have this conversation, but I'm going to have a conversation. Nobody wants to have this conversation. I'm just going to say it. It's a fine line difference between you being a victim in a situation versus you receiving the repercussion, receiving the, the ricochet for some shit that you might've already been in. And that's where we have the uncomfortable conversation about what led to this, because I'm going to tell you right now. And I feel sorry that anybody's mama has to grieve and make funeral arrangements and figure out how to bury their kid. No mother should bury their kid. But with that being said, it's hard for me to believe that two niggas just walked into the mall that did not know you from a pea or an apple on the shelf and shot you for no reason. It's just that it's just impossible for me to believe. So something took place because from what I am to understand, they went into the mall looking specifically for those two boys. Now, this comes the hard, and this comes the here comes here comes the hard part. That does not make the death less significant. That 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 does that does not mean that it was okay that they were killed. But and this is like I always say, I'm gonna tell you my theory. This is my theory. This is what I think happened. The older boy out of them, the 19 year old, I think he might have been into some shit, and whoever was looking for them was looking for him and saw his little brother with it and just you know. Bullets have no names, you know. He shot him and shot the little brother, and they dipped. And they're going to find out who killed them boys. That's the fucked up thing. They're going to find out who killed them. It ain't going to take too much longer. But I think the bigger I think the bigger conversation you could have about this is, well, no, let's stay on this. You know, it's, and this is always a, I think everybody in Sacramento, everybody who knows about the story, we're all sad because you've seen these two boys lose their lives. But at the same time, and they were so young, but also you have to have a conversation about what led up to that. You know what I mean? Like I always, like I was telling my uncle, auntie and uncle, nobody wanted to say it. I told them, I'm waiting for more details to come out because before I go out and say we should sue them all, before I should go out and say blame the community because we don't know what led up to that. I can tell you stories I know in the streets where you saw somebody get knocked down and the news channel picked it up and said that this person was sad and oh my god he was a great father he was a great man and all this other stuff and they're not even knowing that this nigga didn't kill three four or five people within a six block radius so it is being for real it it goes both ways not saying that these kids did that but i'm just saying it's it's the uncomfortable conversation that nobody wants to have about this is we understand that these two boys were killed and it's sad but like i'm saying you should wait for more details before you're saying sue them all, sue them. Because like I said, it's hard for me to believe that these two motherfuckers came after these two boys in the mall. They said it was, I don't know if they haven't clarified if it was one man or two men, but they went into the mall looking directly for those two boys. So it was probably over some stupid. 
The dudes who shot them probably was 16, 17 year olds. They got into a debate over something stupid. They might have somewhat been in a little bit of the street area. They might have been somewhat involved in the streets a little bit, which gets into the conversation of me asking, I don't know what these kids were doing. I don't know who they were. I don't know who they hang with. You know, it's me and my uncle we were talking about this the other day. And we were having a conversation and I told him. So there's something called common sense and there is something called street sense. Common sense and street sense. And there is a very big space in between these two. Common sense will tell you it is something terribly wrong to walk into a mall and shoot a 19-year-old and a 17-year-old on Black Friday. That is total. Common sense will tell you that's the most stupidest shit in the world. Street sense will say if these two boys have accosted me or said some shit about me on Instagram or banging a side that I don't bang, yes, I'm aware that these two boys moved it from Louisiana, but with that being said, we still don't know the details, etc., etc. Street sense will tell you to walk into a mall and shoot these boys and then run off into the night. Now, that brings up the part that I keep reiterating. If these two kids were just boys who were in the mall and had nothing to do with anything, nothing to do with anything, and some somebody just walked in, maybe mistaken identity that happened before. I can tell you a funny story about how that happened to me in that same area. Oh, this was last year. I walked into a gas station off of uh, that gas station off of Arden, Arden and Del Paso, I think it is. I walked into the gas station. There was this nigga in there sizing me up when I walked in, and I could tell he was looking at me kind of crazy like, I'm like, what's up? I walk in. I was like, what's good, bro? He said, he did like this. Oh, what's good, bro? Oh, you know who you are? Bro, you know what, bro? I'm my bad blood. You know what, blood? You look like my nigga from, uh, what do you say he was from? Which one? Beast Mob. Nigga, you look like my nigga from Beast Mob, uh, Joe Gotti. John Gotti. My nigga Gotti from Beast Mob. Uh, jo- yeah, I see it. Yeah. It's, uh, shout out to Blue Bitches. Yeah, it's, uh, this is Cocoa Butter, baby. Sorry about that. He said, you look like my cousin from Beast Mob. Beast Mob is a gang in Northern Sacramento, for those who don't know. He said, you look like my cousin from Beast Mob. And I was like, okay, well, nigga, I'm not him. He said, okay, cool. This nigga, I swear to God on my mother. He went to the door and said, hey, but hey, blood, be cool, nigga, because if I thought that, nigga, hella nigga's gonna think that blood be cool while you out here, and then walked out. And I was like, the f- what the f- what the fuck are you talking about? What the, f- what the fuck? So those two boys dying, it could have been a mistaken identity. They couldn't have not even have been in some shit. But that goes into the conversation of wondering when will more details come out and we can have a bigger, bigger conversation about that. Like I said, I heard somebody say online that they saw that they were in photos with guns and shit and stuff like that. I haven't seen those photos yet, but I'm bringing all that up to say that's why I have two totally different perspectives on this situation, depending on the details to the story, because it does matter. It matters to me if these are just two kids who didn't do anything, ain't been in nothing, ain't did nothing, versus these being two kids who might have been in some shit, or might have been arguing with some niggas who with this shit, or might have been into banging. And so, Sacramento has been tripping. Sacramento has been Sacramento has been Sacramentoing for a while for those who do not know and I don't know if this is just because of the problem of the virus or just because you have a lot of people who are not working I can just tell you the streets are on another one this morning Sunday around 8 o'clock this morning there was a person who got they had a house home invasion and two dudes got killed off of Freeport Boulevard in Southside so and it, it wasn't even in a bad neighborhood it was in a fair, fairly okay neighborhood so 
Sacramento is Sacramentoing right now. Yeah, yeah, it's Sacramento is Sacramentoing right now, and it's it's crazy right now. Those two boys who got killed that touched me a little bit differently because they are they are from Louisiana. Most of my family's from Louisiana. Shout out to my family from New Orleans, Monroe, St. John's Parish. I got a few cousins who just came out here from Louisiana just literally a few weeks ago and were out here working. So that touches me to my soul to know they like fuck like. You have us coming out here and we're trying to do better. You know, the only guys can do us like that. But um, I think the bigger conversation you can have about sh- street shit. How old were they? The two boys were 19 and 17 years old who got killed. So I think the bigger conversation I wanted to have was. That's always been like an ugly stain, an ugly thing that we have that we have. We've always had to deal with in the black community It's like. The issue in our neighborhoods with street crime, the issue in our neighborhood with gangs, all that. And we still haven't came up with a good resolve for it. And I've even had moments where I thought, I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. I've had moments where I wondered that as black people, I don't know, it's that stuff touches me because there's so many of my cousins, so many of my father, my uncle, who were in that life and some made it out. Some some didn't make it out. Some still in there. I ain't gonna put their names out here because I don't want to deal with their bullshit when we have the Christmas family dinner. But it is something to be said about you know we lose a lot of our youngsters. We use a lot of we use a lot of, we lose a lot of potential geniuses. We lose a lot of potential athletes. We lose a lot of potential doctors to the street shit. And you know it's a conversation of what you can do, but it's hard because I don't know. It's hard, always hard when you have a conversation about street shit and crime and poverty because. Shout, shout out to Blue Busy. You said one reason is because people really ain't aware mentally. I think it's that. I think it's. I think. Well, one thing I, I said that a long time ago. One thing we need to talk about in the black. We still have not had a conversation as a community as a whole about the issue of mental health in the black community. Like we still need to have a conversation about that. Because let me tell you, a lot of these motherfuckers you see out here uh, uh, beating up shit in the corner, fighting randomly. A lot of this stuff, a lot of the, a lot of these niggas that when they come home from jail, we praise them for how much of a real nigga they was and how they shot four or five people and did all this and did all that. We never have a conversation about how a lot of these people could be suffering from mental health. We just know that when they come home from San Quentin or Folsom, we're going to throw a big ass barbecue at our grandma in my house and they're going to sit down and have a plate of barbecue and it's going to be cool. So we still haven't had those conversations. Um, and then it's hard. Shout out to Bloopsy said, and too selfish to put themselves in other people's shoes. Yeah, that's true too. And see, that's the hard part for me now because, and like I said, I talked about this earlier. You know, my father, shout out to my father. I was talking shit about nonprofit organizations. My father's involved in a nonprofit organization. It's called United and Guided. They're in Sacramento. And I think the best thing, I think the best thing we can do if you want to talk about dealing with crime is for one, you have to have people talk to these kids. See, for one, it's a lot of different layers and shit. For one, the people who talk to these kids. I think you have to have people talk to these kids who come from that lifestyle. Like I was talking to my uncle about this the other day. 
my dad can talk to a kid who didn't shot four or five people, can talk to somebody who's in the streets because he comes from that world. He comes from that world of saying, hey, I know what it's like when you pull up on somebody and stop like you see a nigga who got a color on that, y'all, that your hood don't fuck with and you got to dump on him. So I understand where it comes from that. You need people to talk to these kids who they respect, who in their world, in their line of thinking, they would respect. That's the first thing. The second thing. When it comes to the second thing is when it comes to making peace in between these neighborhoods, they got beef with each other. And Sacramento, the biggest thing is Oak Park versus South Sacramento. In Oakland, I don't know how Oakland, how y'all niggas do it out there in Oakland. I know in, in San Francisco, y'all niggas in San Francisco got like 55 different housing projects that beef with each other. So that's the part where it's really, 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 really really shout out the homie who just texted me so what's up what's up with you bro where it's really hard because give you a good example give you a good example there's a rapper by the name of meek mill meek mill tweeted about two weeks ago he tweeted hey man if we can stop the violence in our city and put these put those bodies behind us i can i'm gonna put on everybody i'm gonna give everybody a record deal something to that extent and he also said you know there's a lot of talent in philadelphia but y'all just have so much crime between each other now with that being said meek mill tweeted that and there was a nigga from his neighborhood that posted and said Man, fuck all that shit, wooty woop whoop. How you gonna try to click with the ops, bro? You ain't from the north and all this other stuff. And from what I am to understand, a lot of Philadelphia niggas agreed with him. And of course, there were a lot of people who said, Meek Mill was trying to help. I don't understand why you would get mad at Meek Mill. He was just trying to help. And that goes into the conversation that I was having earlier. It is so hard when you try to apply common sense to street sense. Because the two can't go together. They don't match. It's hard. It's like it's like trying to combine oil and water. It just won't work. Common sense might tell you. Common sense would tell you we should all just put the guns down. We should all just shout out the observance. Like I just shout out to observing you who tweeted and said, I'm here in SAC. I just heard about this early today. I know it, it's sad, bro. I know. Common sense would tell you. We should put all the we should put all the violence away, put all the guns down and get together as a collective as a community and try to help each other. Street sense will tell you, and this is where common sense where we where those of us who just have blanket objective common sense, when we put our objective common sense into the situation, this is where we fuck up at. Street sense will tell you, well, those niggas in that neighborhood have shot my homie, have shot my cousin, shot at my uncle. Fuck them niggas, and we go into war with them niggas for life. That's where you have a hard conversation because most of these people who want to stop the violence in these neighborhoods, they're not out there in the streets, which goes back to the conversation about you need people who can relate. They're not out there, so they ain't seen the kid. They ain't seen their friend who's been friends with them since fifth and fourth grade get shot right next to him in a house party by a nigga from that side of town. They're not with they're not with them. They weren't with them to see, okay, to see my cut hear about their cousin getting shot, they would do whoop and they have to do this. So it's hard for us to just say, Oak Park in South Sacramento, you guys should stop beefing. I know, I know that there's about thirty-four different dead bodies in between your two neighborhoods, but forget all of your dead uncles and cousins and friends and just become friends and hold hands and sing that song from Wizard of Oz, uh from from Wizard of Oz. It don't work like that. It don't work like that. It don't work like that. Hell, I wish it would work like that, but it's not. It just don't work like that. So that's what you have a hard conversation about. That's what you have a hard conversation about. Just how do you stop? How do you stop? How do you stop that in the streets? And it's and it's a very, 
like I said, it's a very, it's a very uncomfortable conversation because you don't know what to really do. You know, I saw when I remember when Nipsey Hussle died, I saw that thing where the neighborhood where he was from or his uh, one of the, the streets of work, one of the sets where he was from the rolling 60s, they beef with this gang out there called eight trade crips and they pieced it up. But like I said, when that happened, and I don't think that that I don't think that piece is still there. But like I said, like when it happened, I was like, bro, like. You y'all are doing that right now because he just died and y'all miss him and this is a very important moment. But them niggas ain't finna put all them them niggas ain't finna put all those dead bodies behind them just because Nipsey ain't there. They ain't finna put all they did cousins, all they did uncles, all they did friends behind them just because of that. Like it don't go like that. The only thing that's crazy about that to me is, and this is what I always never liked about when you had neighborhoods the beef like that is, I can tell you, my family in Sacramento. I have a lot of family in Sacramento. And I can just tell you that most black, most black neighborhoods, most black neighborhoods that are in advertentness against each other, that are at con, that are at odds with one another. When you go to these cities, whether they're San Francisco, whether they're Los Angeles, whether it's Oakland, whether it's Sacramento, whether it's Atlanta, if you have family from that city, if your family's from that city. Nine times out of ten, you usually have family in that side or in that neighborhood that your neighborhood has beef with. I grew up in Vallejo, California. In Vallejo, California, I lived in South Vallejo, I lived in East Vallejo. I had a family in the Crest, which is the Country Club Crest. For those who don't know, Mac Dre is from there, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm bringing that up to say this. My neighborhood funked hard with the Crest. I mean, to this day, I think they still funk with these niggas. But to me, it was always stupid because it's like... I have family over there. Like, I'll give you an example, perfect example. Like, and when you go to Sacramento, Oak Park funks with this neighborhood called Del Paso Heights. My dad gang, my dad bangs Oak Park. Most of my family's from Oak Park, but my mother and my sisters live in Del Paso Heights. So I can't just say fuck the neighborhood. I can't do that. It just is just like I can't, I can't, I can't wrap my head. I can't wrap, I can't wrap my mind around the idea of. You going into a neighborhood and doing drive-bys and somewhere where you know your cousins and uncles might be at, you know. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a shitty, shitty situation. The interesting conversation I want to have about this though was, um, and this is just assuming if those kids, if those kids were into some shit, because I don't know if they were into some shit. They really could have been innocent bystanders. So I'm giving them the fair, fair deal. I don't know, but if they were. And I, and I read that they were from Louisiana. Most of our family, most of my family's from Louisiana. It is something to be said about the idea of. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if everybody here. I don't know if everybody's here is. Um, I don't know how many of y'all were old enough to remember when Katrina happened. When Katrina first happened. When Hurricane Katrina happened. I remember when Katrina happened because that's how a lot of my family got to Texas, and that's how a lot of my family got to to California. Katrina happened, and a lot of shot the Paul said climate refugees. There you, you know he knows where I'm going with this. Katrina happened, and a lot of people from New Orleans left New Orleans and went to Atlanta, went to Texas, went to California, went to other cities. I'm going somewhere with this, so I'm bringing this up because there's a certain generation of people. I'm trying to say black, but there's a certain generation of people who. If they were in their 20s or in their late teens and their 30s in the 2005, 2006 era, hate people from New Orleans, hate people who are from Louisiana because they said that when all those 
they refugees came from New Orleans or smaller parishes around in New Orleans. When they came to Texas, when they came to Atlanta, when they came to California, the crime rates rose so high, they just fucked the whole city up. Shout out to Rick Katrina who said, Houston kids beef with a lot of Katrina refugees. I had a homie from Houston, Texas. Had a homie from Houston, Texas. We was we used to work together. This was like two years ago. And he a crip nigga. This is some crip nigga from that area. And he was telling me about how to telling me about the dudes from New Orleans when they came over there. And he was like, Bro, I used to hate them fuck ass niggas, bro. He's like, them niggas was crazy, bro. Them niggas, he said, bro, them niggas was killing niggas over stupid shit, bro. Them niggas was wild. Like he said, I, he said, I, I never forgot that shit. Them niggas came just deep and just started trying to shoot up everything. Them niggas was wild. I had a man, this was like four or five years ago. I met this older man from Atlanta. He was talking about how, he was like, man, I'll never forget. Them motherfuckers came in busloads from New Orleans and they just tore our whole city up, man. I'll never forget that. It was like a nightmare. I was also reading, this is where the conversation is going to, this is when the conversation is going to take a weird turn. I was also reading how the very first gang in America, quote unquote, was this gang called the 40 Thieves, which was basically made up of a bunch of kids who were either immigrants or child children of the immigrants from Ireland in a very poor neighborhood. So I've always, it's kind of an interesting conversation when you have a, the conversation about the link between crime and poverty and also the link between people coming from a poor community, people coming from outside of the community from a poorer place and coming to this area and because they're coming from somewhere where you got to understand like New Orleans, you know, we all love New Orleans for the Mardi Gras and stuff like that. But even to this day, New Orleans is still a very poor area. So you have these kids that are coming from areas where, you know, they they coming from areas where they're like, listen, hey, bro, listen, hey, listen, I know y'all niggas in here. Y'all think y'all poor because y'all are Section 8 and stuff like that. But nigga, where we from is a little bit more different. Where we're from, it is a lot harder to get a, a can of tuna and a bag of uh, potato chips. So we own some other shit than y'all are. And it's interesting how you can see that trend everywhere. Like, you can even have a conversation about that with MS-13 niggas, with the dudes from El Salvador coming with MS-13. So it's an interesting conversation about that. It's fucked up because a lot of those people that come from these poor areas, when they come to a California, when they come to an Atlanta, where, or even if they coming from the, like the, the kids from Jamaica, when you coming from Jamaica, when you coming from Haiti, a lot of families that come from Haiti, just speaking about Haiti, a lot of people that come from Haiti are people who come here looking for a better opportunity, who come here and become who become upper middle class families, get good jobs, provide for their kids, provide for their family, and are good examples of the good, great shining examples of the immigrants' rise taking up taking taking correct advantage of the American opportunity. But then you have those. You have that 10%. Yeah, that I don't know if it's 10, 25%. Of those niggas who just fucked that whole opportunity up. Case in point, you know, any nigga who's who looks any nigga right now who's following the route that Kodak Black followed, you know, Kodak Black's Haitian, that's why I'm bringing them up. So you like right now, if you listen to a lot of hip hop, you'll hear dudes say, you'll hear dude, shout out Miguel who said, shout out Sack, it's every war out here right now. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's a war out here right now. Shout out to yeah, shout out. yeah, I know. You in sack right now, bro? You in sack? But yeah, it's yeah, I know. It's uh it's it's so it's crazy when you see that. You know, it's um Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's if you wanna start if you wanna if you wanna stop crime in these neighborhoods, if you wanna stop crime in these poor neighbors, if you wanna stop these little boys from getting killed, 
it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot of different things, you know, because the thing about that is, and I hate to say it, I hate to say it like this because this makes it sound, this makes it sound so cold and callous, but niggas are going to funk. Niggas are going to funk. Niggas are going to funk. Wherever you go in the world, wherever you go in the world, whenever you have two groups of poor ass people that are within proximity of one another, you're going to have some kind of beef. You're going to have some kind of war. I've lived in five different states. I've seen it every goddamn state I've been to. I've seen it in every city I've been to. It's just, it is what it is. You're going to have these niggas who are from this small low-income housing project and they are going to get their neighborhood tatted on them. They're going to kill niggas over that neighborhood. They're going to go to jail and spend 18 years of their life there. And you're going to have, you're going to do all the shout them and go say, yes, sir, right next to Artem Mall in the north. Okay, shout out to shout out to everybody out there. Shout out to the north. I got family out that way. But you're going to have that shit everywhere you go. When I lived in Montgomery, you had, I remember when I lived in Montgomery, Alabama. Shout out to anybody who listened to this from Alabama. I remember when I lived in Montgomery, Alabama. They had a housing project called Tulane Court. They built another housing project across the street called Tulane Gardens. And these two neighborhoods beefed. They literally built the niggas right across the street. Like, it's no difference between you two. You're right across the street from each other. And they started beefing. When they, when they had enough kids over there that they could get some war started, they started beefing with each other. So, it's the same thing in SAC. You know, like, I, I'll tell you, like, you have a real conversation about Sacramento. When them two niggas, like, it blew my mind when I heard that Briss, shout out to Briss, you know, rest in peace him. It blew my mind when I found out that Briss was trying to beef with Oak Park because I'm like, bro, like, Oak Park and Fruit Ridge are right next to each other. Like, they're right next to each other. You have to understand what I'm saying when I say they're right next to each other. Like, right next to each other. Like, Fruit Ridge Boulevard is right here. Fruit Ridge is on this side of the street. Fruit Ridge is on this side of the Fruit Ridge. And Oak Park is like a few blocks up on the other side. It's not that much of a difference. Like, you don't... I, 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 the shit blew my mind. Like, you hear these niggas talking about each other's neighborhood in the song. Well, fuck them niggas from that side. Them niggas is all bitches. Nigga... If them niggas is all bitches because they're from that side, then where does the you're not a bitch because you're from that sideline start? Because the neighborhoods border each other. So it's it's the same shit. You know. Shout out to shout out to Miguel who said the South ain't no joke either. They're really pressing you out there. Oh yeah, I know, I know, I know. Right now, right now, I told all my cousins. I got I told her, I told her, I got I got I told all my cousins. Right now, if you from Oak Park and you going to the South right now, it's bad. Like, even if you're not on no gangbanging shit, even if you're not on gangbanging right now, it is not a good idea if you're from Oak Park to go through Meadowview, to go on Mack Road, to go in that area right now. Even even if you're not on no gangbanging shit, leave that alone. I got a nigga, this nigga was working for Amazon doing delivery drives. This nigga quit his job because they was going to make him do a route in, uh, in from Meadowview up into like the Meadowview up into Florida, Elder Creek. And he was like, bro, I just can't do it right now. He was like, he's like, bro, like niggas know me niggas know that i bang niggas i can't i'm trying to do better but it's like i can't risk my life like that like it's just bad right now so hey man and the craziest thing and and, and and it's like the shit that i'm describing to you i swear this sounds like a video game but this is real it's this is real it sounds like i'm describing a video game it sounds like i'm trying to tell you how to like play call of duty or something but this is real this is this is the shout out to uh what do you think about politicians or church people trying to end the dialogue so, politicians are, I'm biased when it comes to that because, I'll just be honest with you, I don't see what the fuck they can do to change the situation. I don't see what they can do. You know, the churches can provide more recreation, more recreational activities for these kids, then maybe they can reach the kids or have some people who could talk to the kids, but it's hard because, 
I've always seen church as I've always had my own prejudice against church. I do like that when you go to some of these neighborhoods, like I can tell you when you go to Old Park, there's one church that my brother-in-law, he's one, he's the, he's the pastor at, and their church does provide some recreational activities for these kids, some kind of, some type of things for these kids. So it's something for them to do to keep them out of the streets and keep them out of bullshit. So I like that, but you know, it's, it's, it, it's, You are not going to stop a 17-year-old from killing another 17-year-old that's from another side just because you, you you started to stop the violence campaign that got retweeted 2,000 times. That's not going to stop shit. That's the problem. That's the conversation I'm trying to have. You as a politician, you as a pastor, you getting on a podium and you saying we should stop the violence and giving this eloquent Beautiful speech, so fucking wonderful that it rival it rivals the likes of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. That beautiful speech that got retweeted by Rihanna and got retweeted by Beyonce, it ain't gonna stop these niggas that's in the street. It's not good to me. It doesn't do anything. It it doesn't do anything on the ground level. It looks cool for optics. It looks great for optics. When I watched the when I watched that um the live stream coverage that they did at Arden Mall last night. With the candlelight village and everything, and they have vigil, candlelight vigil, and they had that woman that was from some nonprofit organization, and she was talking about how we need to sue them all, and gave this wonderful, beautiful speech about the crime in our neighborhoods. Hey, all that shit sounded good. She was a great speaker. I'm not knocking that. It's just that on the ground level, the niggas that you were talking to that did that, they ain't watching that shit. I'm gonna tell you straight up. Them two boys who got killed at that mall. And once again, let me say it again. Rest in peace, Dwayne. Rest in peace, Saquon. The two niggas that killed them, them niggas was not watching that vigil. They're not watching these non-profit organizations people speak. They're not watching Barack Obama retweeted. They're not, they don't give a fuck about that. If I was them niggas, honestly, I'd be in Nevada right now. I'd, I'd be so far from Sacramento right now. And they might have already did that. You know, it's, it's, I don't like it when you have these people get involved in the conversation because it's like with the politicians and the church people, it's like, I don't know what they can do on the ground level that's going to stop a 17-year-old from killing another 17-year-old because them niggas have beef already or because them niggas is in the street already. You doing a video, you your Stop the Violence campaign doesn't work. It just, it don't work to me. The only, and I don't, and like I said, I don't know how to stop that because a lot of the times, like I say with those two boys, and I, I'm going to keep saying the same thing. You don't know what happened. None of, most of us don't know what happened to lead up to that point for them to get shot. Most of us don't know. We're just assuming we're, it's a sad situation because they're two young boys, but we don't know what led up to that. We don't know if them niggas was beefing already. All I know is that when they went into the mall, from what I'm to understand, they looked specifically for them two niggas. They looked specifically for them. So it's, shout out to Miguel said, been locked up to a lot of politics. Everyone funking with everyone right now. Yeah, niggas was funking. Now, it's sad because I also heard, like I said, they're from Louisiana. The two boys are from Louisiana, but they might have got caught up in the funk. That happens a lot. That happens from, that happened to me when I moved to Alabama. I moved to Alabama from California, and I got caught up in some shit because, you know, I'm in a situation where I'm at Job Corp, and these it's, I'm outnumbered by like 40 or 50 niggas who are trying to jump me right now, and I happen to live in a neighborhood with a few niggas who are solid, so... I have to rock with them because I want to. I want to live. I want to be safe. So it happens sometimes. Um, it's just it's just a fucked up situation because somebody's kid had to die. Somebody's children had to die over that. But it's it's and that's why. And like I said, that's why. Shout out to Miguel. Say even if you ain't from out here, even if you look you don't belong, best believe you about to be pressed, bro. He but he brought up a good point. He brought up a Miguel brought up a good point. Miguel brought up a good point. So. 
for those who do not know, let's just start the conversation from the beginning. So, I have a sister. Shout out to my cousin. Shout out to her. She's a not to my cousin. Shout out to my sister. She's a very great woman. I love you, sis. You know who? If you watch this broadcast, you'll know who I'm talking about. So, she has a boyfriend. Very nice guy. Very well mannered from the south. Has great manners. Great man. Just great. Great man. He has dreadlocks. These dreadlocks are not just regular dreadlocks. They're have colors and shit. They have like red and, and yellow dye in them. So my sister is from Oak Park. When she came back out here from where she was staying out with her boyfriend, when he would walk around the neighborhood and just go to stores and stuff like that, he got pressed a lot of times. A lot of niggas pressed him. Hey, nigga, hey, where, nigga, where you from, nigga? They ain't hit him. But like, hey, nigga, where you from, nigga? Oh, where the fuck you from? Because when you come to Sacramento, the style of this dreadlocks that he has, there's a gang when you go to South Sacramento. It's like a lot of different sets, but they're mostly called stars. Stars, gutter, gas team, the niggas. So most of these niggas wear dreadlocks with the colors in them, like the color with the red and the, and the red and the red and blonde dye in it. So they not knowing, they, they not shot their Miguel's especially. You know what I'm talking about. He put especially dreadlocks the stars run that. So when he in Oak Park, they not knowing that he's just a nigga from down south. He a country nigga. Like, that's just his style. I used to live down south. Them niggas, that's just the style down there. They that, That's their shit down there. They not knowing that he was that just the thing. They looking at him and thinking, he might be an op. Now, thank God, Calmer has prevailed in every situation. He didn't get killed or nothing like that. But it could have really been a situation. You know, it happens, bro. It, ha it happens sometimes. So, that's stupid. That is stupid. That is the stupid shit. But it's like... I'm going to tell you the, the funniest thing about that to me, honestly. The funniest thing about that beef is like, so, right now when you go to South Sacramento, Elder Creek, the Crip, the Crip niggas at Elder, Elder Creek, Bloods from Valley High, Meadowview Bloods, all them niggas, they click together. They're basically, it's basically South Sac is unified right now. Southern Sacramento, the South, everybody is unified right now and having peace. And it's so crazy to me to see that because, first off, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with peace. It's just crazy for me to see that because all of those neighborhoods, all of those neighborhoods have, like I always bring, I always bring the family aspect of the conversation because that's key. All those neighborhoods have niggas, have cousins, have brothers, have uncles and fathers that are in jail from killing for killing niggas from that opposing neighborhood that are now cool with each other that when they go to a house party, if you from Valley High Piru and you see a nigga in there who's from Creek Mob Crip, y'all, y'all not even going to funk. Y'all just going to be cool with each other. And that's crazy to me. But you know, hey, listen, listen, listen. In a perfect world, I would want that. In a perfect world, I would want that. I just don't like that. I just don't like that all of them. <laughs> I just don't like that every neighborhood in Southern Sacramento said, we're going to be cool with each other. We're going to have peace and we're going to have Kumbaya. But fuck Oak Park. Fuck Oak Park. Fuck Oak Park. Like, they, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If, if ever you want to know, if you if you ever want to know you are in the most dangerous neighborhood, the number one thing, and I've, I can tell you, I lived in a dozen different cities, I can tell you this verbatim. The number one way you want to know that you are staying in the worst neighborhood in the absolute city in the goddamn county is if you are staying in a neighborhood that does not have allies anywhere to, I mean, anywhere, 
That is a fucked up neighborhood because that means that they didn't kill so many people from every side that nobody liked these niggas. The only neighborhood in Sacramento that fuck with this cool with Old Park is the Manners. And I honestly think that's just because man, the Manners is such a small neighborhood. But that's like the only neighborhood. Shout out to Miguel who said, I was an empress back and forth from Strawberry Manners in the North. Gunshots every night. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, Manners ain't no nigga. First day I moved in, someone got killed. Oh, yeah, nigga, no, Manners ain't no jokes. Manners ain't no jokes. Manner ain't the matter is not no jokes. Shout out to this homie from the matters. I'm actually thinking about an interview. We're actually gonna have an interview. It's this dude. He does this thing called Sacramento Street Wars. We're gonna have an interview. I'm gonna interview him. Uh, we're trying to aim for later on this week, but um, I don't know. Um, I think just to close a button on that topic, I'm gonna close a button on that topic. I'm gonna do Q and A. I'm gonna see if you guys have any questions. Matter of fact. If you guys have any questions, let me know right now. So, but I'm gonna put a button on this topic. But let me know if you have any questions. Just type and I'll respond to anything right now. But you know, I am uh, and just talking about shout out to Paul who said, "What about police or the unity of the black Black Lives Matter type?" Shout out. Okay, hold on. He said, "Shout out. What about police?" Shout out to Miguel who said, "Swear he been popping." Yep, I'm gonna interview that guy. Shout out to Paul who said, "What about police or the unity of the black my Black Lives Matter type?" So, um, honestly, I don't know. The police can stop crime. I think the police being together, I think this is what they can do. The police, the police being together, they can stop crime. I just don't know if they can stop the, the problem itself, if that makes sense. Because it's not necessarily the crime that bothers me, it's the mentality. It's the mentality to think that because we from our rival and neighborhoods, we have to funk. We have to do this. We have to kill. We have to shoot. It's the mentality that it's not going to stop. Now, as far as Black Lives Matter, I don't look to Black Lives Matter to solve the issue with black crime in our community. Because from what I'm to understand, Black Lives Matter is just, from, from what I'm to understand, Black Lives Matter is solely focusing their energy just on cops killing us and my personal mentality is you can have a group for every single issue in the world you can have a group this is this talking about the injustices that we that we face at the hands of the police you can have a group for that you can also have a group that talks about how to stop this shit in these neighborhoods between us and that's what my dad does my dad goes he tries to my dad's trying to shout the united guy at org my dad actually goes and talks to niggas and like hey bro what's good what's, what's going on hey bro well shit we, we got to do something bro because we all y'all can't keep funking because y'all funking you gonna kill his nigga his nigga's gonna come back and slither through y'all section we that's what my father does so you need you need people who are in touch with these streets a lot of these Black Lives Matter people who are out here marching and stuff like that, you guys' hearts are in the right place. I understand it, and it's a beautiful thing. But you need to stop the problem. You need people who are in touch, who know these kids, who know their family, who know their cousins, who know who know what's going on, who know what's, hey, bro, what we, what we can do? What OG, who OG ear I need to get in to talk to this nigga and let him know, hey, bro, don't do this. Don't make this move. Don't run this drill. That's what needs to happen. So, you know, it, and it's sad. You know, I, I, I hate it. I hate I bro, I hate, I hate, honestly, I hate, like I said, I hate, I hate the street shit because it's, to me, it's, it's just such a microscopic view of the world to kill each other for beefs and all this shit, and y'all live within a 7, 10, 12 block radius from each other. It's sad to me, you know, and then the catch about this is in the long run, you know, 
20, 30 years down the line, these neighborhoods might not be here. Oak Park is a dangerous neighborhood. Oak Park is a solid neighborhood and all this other stuff, and it's a beautiful neighborhood, but Oak Park is being gentrified right now. Oak Park is being gentrified. Like, Oak Park is not Oak Park right now. Like, there's one, I'm going to tell you, the fact that when I go to Trey 5 Apartments or 4 or 5 where my grandmama used to stay at, the fact that when I go there and I see white people jogging and shit and see them sitting outside of a coffee shop with computers typing and stuff like that, that shit blows my goddamn mind. I, I, I'm amazed every time I see it, like, Nick, what the, what the, which I mean, it's a good thing, but I guess, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if it's a good thing. You know, so it's, it's, I, I, it's, bro, it's, it's, it's different, you know, but you still have these people have these primitive mentalities, these primitive ass fucking mentalities that is like, I don't know. Anyone, any other questions? Any other questions? Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to go on a 55 minute, minute rant about that. Any other questions? Any other questions before I go on about this? Let's see. Does anybody else have a question? Um, waiting for questions. Waiting for questions. I got. I took a uh, Ross. While I'm waiting for you guys to send questions, I just talk about this. I did that thing where you go on Ancestry.com and take a blood test to figure out what you are, what you are, and uh, it was interesting, bro. You know, I uh, I found out I was black. <laughs> so after Miguel said, uh, he commented and said, "What you think about the whole COVID thing?" I mean, statistically speaking, if you look at the death rates of COVID, there are a lot more diseases that have higher death rates than COVID. But at the same time, you know, who am I to play judge and juror with people's lives? How I look at it like this. Shout out to Miguel said real quick. Oh, no, it's real. It's real. It's real. My grandfather caught COVID. My grandfather caught COVID and a distant family member of mine caught COVID. My grandfather caught COVID was perfectly fine. My grandfather was perfectly fine. This man in his 70s was perfectly fine. Nothing happened to him. My relative caught, my other relative caught COVID. Was, he's, in his fifth, he's in his 40s. The shit damn near killed him. It almost took him out of here. Like, we thought this nigga was gone. Like, we was, he was about to be gone. So, I've seen it happen. I know about four or five other people who've caught it. I saw that, like, friends of mine. And they've caught it. And most of them who caught it, they just had, like, a really bad fever, really bad cough. Couldn't come to work for, like, a week or three or four weeks. And they were back to normal, just popping back in the street. So, you know, it's... Do I think this is so serious that it should warrant the shutdown of our whole country and economy? No. But at the same time, if we didn't have the shutdown, there would be more people who would die from it. And that's true. And shout out to Miguel who said, true, true. One of my cousins caught it and it was good. Other one caught it. It was all bad. No, man, it's real. No, no, no. Understand this. It's real. It's just, I don't know if. I think the things with humans, the thing about humans being as in general is it's natural for us to um, have a strong reaction to things when the media or when the news is telling us that we should have a strong reaction to it. You know, just being real, like it's. Most of us are not going to die from, statistically speaking, a lot of people die from car crashes. Statistically speaking, a lot of people die from car crashes. Now, with that being said, I don't see CNN, Fox, or MSNBC doing news report about the high statistics of car crashes in California. I just don't see it. I feel like they should talk about this because I can tell you, every time I hop on Highway 99, I see a goddamn crash on Friday. I don't know what it is like, but... It's it's just it's it just it's just it's I uh, you know but you know hey who am I to, who who what what do I know I'm just a I'm just a simple broadcaster. Rickotron said, 
COVID like what you're talking about. Rich people can stay home and not give a and not give a crap. Shout out to the parks that is texting and driving. It's texting and driving. Shout out to people, people that work got gotta make money. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, bro. When that pandemic hit, when it when it first hit in March where it was a quarantine and everybody had to stay home and all of this stuff, I was still leaving the house every other day because I live I live in Sacramento County, but I have to work in San Francisco. I gotta drive two hours out. I can't stay home, nigga. I gotta go. Like I don't. I'm like I, I was like I don't know what y'all niggas talking about, nigga. I'm, I literally like this. The curfew at 10 p.m. I'm gonna be on the freeway at 11 because I gotta be at work by 12. So y'all can suck my dick, like nigga. I gotta make this money. So it's you know it is what it is. Um, it's it's um. It, it we'll see. You know I I I I I you know hey I I don't um. I wish the best for everybody. I can just say I wish the best for everybody. I can just tell you on the ground level. And it's so weird because it's so weird to see this. Shout out to Miguel said unemployment was working. It's about to get cut off. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's a lot of niggas out here. It's a lot of niggas out here who about to be hurt. And like I told I've been saying this for the last month. I don't know what I don't know what twenty one twenty I don't know what twenty twenty one is gonna be like. Like we all have a conversation about how bad twenty twenty is. I don't think none of us want to have a conversation about how bad twenty twenty one gonna be if unemployment gets cut, if this virus is still popping, if you don't have a lot of opportunities for jobs because a lot of these businesses have had to close down. Bro, it's gonna be bad. You know, it's. I was talking about how Sacramento is Sacramentoing and the streets are going off right now, but hey, it ain't got it ain't gonna have shit. See, right now, it's wild in the streets right now, but there's still a lot of money in the streets right now because a lot of people who got these EDD, who got these EDD cars and got their unemployment, they bought cars, they bought Lexus, they bought drugs, niggas spent $2,000 on weed and re-upped and flipped it and shared it throughout the whole community. You know, my birthday was in September, and like I, I told this story the last broadcast, one of my OGs was talking to me, he just went to the little corner store and came back to me, he was like, you know, blood, like... It's crazy, blood. Like, my, my hood is just thriving right now, blood. And I'm like, nigga, what are you talking about? I, I don't get what you're talking about. Because he's like, no, bro, you don't understand. Like, I'm walking out here, nigga. I'm seeing the fiends with money. I'm seeing the crackheads with money. I'm seeing the, the, the juke, nigga. I'm just seeing money everywhere. I'm seeing drugs everywhere, bro. It's flourishing. And I'm like, nigga, in the middle of a pandemic, what the fuck are you talking about? But then, when I thought about it, when I thought about it and did some deeper research, I realized, no, you're telling the truth. Like, all these niggas is spending money, spending a thousand dollars here on a little bucket, spending two thousand dollars here on a little bucket, you know, spending a little money on weed, spending a little money on lean. It's and it's flourishing. But what happens next year when all that money is gone? When all that money is gone and expent and the hood is just back to being a hood again. And you have all these niggas who are even broker than they were already broke and are in a neighborhood where shout out to the biggest of the brother less fortune that got money right now. It's crazy. Shout out to the, the Paul who said lots of EDD fraud. Yep. Woman came into my job a few weeks ago and she told me that niggas hit all the mailboxes in their cul-de-sac looking for EDD cards. Swear to God. And so, yeah, it's real right now. But, you know, when that when that when that does not become an option in January or February, if it does happen, hey, man, it's going to be a dark place. Gonna be a dark place. It's gonna be a dark place, and that's that's what concerns. That's what concerns me more than anything, is because you know it's 
you know, it's a lot of y'all who might turn who might who might turn into prey. Not everybody who lives in the hood is broke. Not everybody who lives in the hood is broke. Like I told you before, when you go to Oak Park, it's a lot of people who live in Oak Park that got some money right now. It's a lot of people who do, who live in uh, Meadowview who have some money right now. Meadowview always kind of has some people in the cuts who has some money. It just is what it is. So, what do you think is what do you think is gonna what do you think is gonna happen? You know, when you're looking to them immediately to eat, when you're looking to them, when you're looking to break in a house to get food, you're looking in a house to break in a break in a house to get stuff to pawn off at the pawn shop. Shout out to Miguel who commented and said, do you think the situation will end in 2021? Bro, I thought the shit was going to end by June when it first popped off, but nigga, clearly I was wrong. You know, it's stupid to me because they keep getting upset because the rates keep rising, but like I told, like I told everybody, you can't get mad about the rates rising because the specialist had said like in March that 50 to 80 percent of Americans are going to get this virus. 50 to 80 percent of Americans are going to get this virus. And there's nothing we can do about that part. So, you know, I I don't know. I don't know if we should just go the whole herd immunity route and just allow everybody to get it. But I can just tell you the way we going is going to break the country in the long run because all these. I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna put a button in this broadcast because I've talked to you guys for like four or five, um, 51 minutes right now. Um, I'm gonna try to go for doing the podcast on Wednesday. My next episode, I'm gonna try to have my dude from Sacramento Street Wars on there. We're gonna have a conversation about just sack culture and just the culture and sack in general, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, thank y'all for listening. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for being a part of the family. Thank you for being a part of the mob and. Uh, I appreciate you guys. This is the greatest voice broadcast. And I appreciate y'all. And shout out to Miguel. I'm going to be there on that for sure. Much love, bro. I appreciate that. Everybody out there in Sacramento, everybody out there in Northern California, just in general, I love y'all. Y'all are my, y'all are my people. I fuck with y'all heavily. Um, I love y'all. All this shit that's in the streets, bro. I know it's easy for me to say it just needs to stop. And we hope it can stop, but it's, you know it's a lot more than that. But I can just tell y'all, bro, I pray for all y'all out there, nigga. Whether you from Fab, whether you from Zilla, whether you from Stars, whether you from Creek Mob, whether you from Underworld Zilla, whether you from Gas Team, whether you from Gutter, whether you from Guns Up, whether you from uh, Manor Mob, whether you from Beast Mob, whether you from Trigger Mob, whether you from I got family in all these neighborhoods that I'm listening. I got family in all these gangs that I'm listening. Whether you from 29th Street, so. I, I, it's hard for me to just look at y'all and just say, well, fuck this side. Like, no, nah, bro, we, you know, it's bigger than that. You know, you know, it's, it's bigger than that. So with that being said, much love, peace and chicken grease. Thank y'all for being a part of the family, being a part of the mob. This is the greatest voice. Much love. Oh, you turn this off. Oh yeah, that way. Returning the shopping carts in the Rayleigh's parking lot. Picking the gum from under the tables at McDonald's. Any minimum wage career that you can think of can afford you more than $18 sufficient enough to purchase you a coffee maker from Walmart and make your own coffee. But you don't want that. You don't want your girlfriend or boyfriend's piss poor attempts if they burnt up mocha latte attempts. No. You want a molten lava grande served to you by an 18-year-old white woman majoring in liberal arts with a minor in flower picking. Dutch Bros Coffee are you in good hands?